1: Let's get started.
3: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Press This WordPress Community Podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host David Vogelpole, and I support the WordPress community and through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. As a reminder, you can subscribe on iTunes or iHeartRadio, and of course, as always, download episodes at WebmasterRadio.fm. Look for the Press This link on the left. In this episode, we're going to be interviewing Mr. Shane Perlman of Modern Tribe. Shane, welcome to the show. Thanks, buddy. Good to have you here, and today we're going to be talking to Shane about growing your WordPress-based company to 100 people gracefully and beyond. If you've been paying attention, WordPress has been dominating, growing drastically um, over the last few years now at nearly 30% of the web. And the businesses that support the ecosystem um, are also growing in a mind-bending pace. And so we wanted to have Shane on the show today. He's built a successful business with Modern Tribe. We'll ask him a little bit about that. And then we'll ask him about some of the challenges and mistakes he's made along the way, um, scaling his business to 100 people and beyond. Shane, um, first question for you. Start with this pretty much with every guest. I'm actually kind of curious about this. What is your WordPress origin story? How did you get started with all this WordPress stuff?
0: Sure. Um, So... I started, I mean, in my case, my origin story starts in the dot-com bust. Um, I'm I'm of an age where, where I cut my teeth in tech, you know, right as the uh, late 90s were booming and there was so much opportunity and I got out of college and I got in tech and everything just blew up, like right as I got a job, you know, and so I got laid <laughs> off five times in two years. Um, and I, I came out of this with this sort of idea that job security was perhaps more of a myth than a reality, and so I started freelancing because I figured you know if you're if you're building your own stuff and you 're in your own job like at least you're the last guy to get fired and so we i for for at least three, four or five years between two thousand one and about two thousand six two thousand and seven, I built in all kinds of things uh, I built in a number of custom languages uh, i as, as Joomla came on the scene, I worked with that. Tried Drupal, worked with other CMSMS and, and a number of other platforms. that were just trying to figure out this question of how do you make content easy to manage online? Um, and, and WordPress was one of those early ones. I, I mean, we were in, like, I think the first project I did, I'm embarrassed to admit, it's, it's pre 1.5. It might've been 1.3 or 1.4, I can't remember.
3: Um, That's pretty early.
0: WordPress, yeah, it was pretty early. It was it was a lot of experimentation at that point.
3: That's very brave of you and, to 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 use it for a project that early on. I know a lot of people were kind of wait and see. Uh, it's interesting to see you, you taking such an early dive into it.
0: I I will say in full honesty that it that era most of the cms solutions weren't all that baked um and so this was like uh, up until recently before that you know everybody had their own home brewed cms heck i did too i had I'd, bre- I'd brewed my own cms in a language called Waitango um that i called rosinante uh, i always admired i always thought that that was the most interesting character in don quixote because like he's a nutball but his horse man, that horse would support him on whatever crazy insanity of a journey he wanted to go on, so that was like my mission for my cms um, but eventually like as we did more and more projects, why we you know why I mean I, we at that point it was I, but eventually we became a WordPress company was we'd turn in all these different projects and different CMSs to customers and it was not com it was pretty common six to nine months to a year later where we would get a you know I'd get a call from the business owner or the school or whatever it was that I built a site for. It's like, Hey, the only person who could figure out how to use this site just moved on. Could you teach me how to do it all over again, except on our WordPress projects? We just didn't get those calls. Like people sort of figured it out. Well, the calls I'd get from the WordPress projects were like, this was great. Could you build me something new? And so while the code wasn't necessarily more refined, uh, definitely wasn't more refined, and, and the features weren't always there early on. The the degree of simplicity of the user experience drove so much customer happiness that that will seem to be the best place to invest my time and my energy.
3: That uh, I really love that. You're kind of touching on one of the benefits I think a lot of developers overlook with wordpress and that is the usability of the content creators and their familiarity with that product i remember a number of months ago I was sitting in a big conference room with like 40 people from this organization and they were considering different cms we were talking about wordpress and i remember i asked the question each each group there were three groups that were familiar with three different cms and i said who has any experience with wordpress who has experience with wordpress every person raised their hand. You know, only a, a third would right. raise their hand for the others. And, you know, you, you don't realize how important that is all the time. It's funny to hear that be one of the big drivers for you in those early days with Tribe.
0: And to be fair, it's it's a driver as we moved further and further into enterprise projects. So when we do, like, a huge university project, when we work with somebody like Stanford or Harvard or, you know, a large enterprise with a company – And we're talking to them and they're like, hey, if you actually want to get adoption, if you want your staff and your team and your people creating content, just go ask them what they know how to use. And you'll find that within your organization, everyone has used WordPress at some point or another, whether it was a personal blog or at their last job. And that that knowledge, that institutional knowledge is really valuable.
3: Yeah, I think a lot of people overlook that. So you just clued in on something related to your growth. Um, you mentioned, you know, how you kind of started in the freelancing um, uh, as a solo person. You eventually started Tribe. Um, and then you started to use the word we And then you talked about how now you're servicing customers in the enterprise. So maybe you could explain to me a little bit about how you became a we and, um, what drove this, this early growth from you, kind of this bridge from successful freelancer to oops, I need a team. And then now I need to, to go hire some people. What was the driver of that for you?
0: Yeah, they, you know, it's interesting. The phases were really different and had different reasons behind them, um, so the first five years, it was me, and I was just, you know, I have this really clear memory where about three or four years into being a freelancer, somebody informed me that I was a business, and I was like, what do you mean I'm <laughs> a business, dude? I'm just hustling. Like, I'm not a business. I'm just like, one dude, I'll do whatever you want as long as you pay me.
3: Um, and then Were it's you like, contracting, or did you experience? have a registered business yeah, at the
0: time? No, I had no registered business. I was just getting paid, like, and I, and it actually the the reason that it transferred. And this was my first big project. Was my my father gave me a call one day, and he said, "Hey, uh, I have a buddy at Boeing who needs some help. If you're willing to help them, like, I can probably get you that intro and 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 get you a small tiny project with Boeing." And I was like, "That'd be awesome. I could use that name and try to leverage that to do some other cool projects." and you know and so when I did at the Boeing they're like you need to turn in a business license and I'm like I need a business license Those saying and then I went in and I found out that indeed according to the government I am a business and so that that be that was like one of those mental shifts where where I realized I needed to actually track my finances and do bookkeeping and like and so there was that learning phase that Then grew into you know, I Boeing led to another project with someone else, and I started getting these opportunities that were just a little bigger than I was, you know, and I couldn't quite do them on my own. And I started meeting other freelancers. Uh, In fact, in 07, I ended up taking along with Peter and Reed a small investment in one of the first co working spaces.
3: You mentioned Peter and Reed a lot because. And I know Peter and Reed, oh, yeah. but the audience doesn't know Peter and Reed. So maybe you could fill us in oh, on man. Peter and Reed and how they joined the business.
0: Yep. So, so in the, ultimately, in that same time frame where I started looking for other people, I started finding other freelancers who were doing the same thing I was doing. And so Peter was freelancing, doing design and flash work. I was doing dev, some design, some audio engineering. Uh, and we just started collaborating on projects and I, and I was doing that with three, four other people and I'd subcontract some and we'd work on some together and sometimes they'd have the customer and I'd help. Uh, and we formed a bit of a community and that's, it's actually the origin of modern drive. We were sort of an aggregated group of freelancers who found that by working together, we got access to bigger opportunities than we could have done
3: individually. Um, oh, the you know, tribe name. Yeah. Yes. Okay.
0: Uh, that we makes were, sense. Totally. So for, for a while we were actually just called Shane and Peter because <laughs> we got to a point where Peter and I were specifically doing so many projects together as opposed to independently that his wife's like, dude, you guys should just merge your companies and quit arguing over whose client it is. Um, and so we, we merged and we sort of added a few more other freelancers that we we're collaborating, but we had no employees. Like everybody was freelance. That's um, and very we just interesting. Had this
3: collaborative group. So Shane, I'm going to cut you off for a second. We're going to take yep. a quick break. When we get back, I want to dive into a little bit more of this growth and how you were managing that. You know, kind of as you guys came together as this tribe of freelancers. In a second, um, but everybody, hang tight. We'll be right back.
1: Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more. Press this in just a moment.
3: Hello, I'm Hector
0: Elizondo, and I want to talk to you about getting older. My body hurts, my joints ache, and sometimes I forget. I forget that doing all your own scenes for a movie isn't always the best decision, especially when you're galloping high speed on a horse named Archibello. So, yes, my body hurts, but it's not
4: because of my age. It's because I'm living my life. Don't let life pass you by. Take care of your brain health. It may just help you stay on top of your game.
1: (laughs) Oh, Archibello!
4: Learn more at brainhealth.gov. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network. Through iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, we can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately, now. Your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Email sales at webmasterradio.fm today and get your message delivered
1: now. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on Webmaster WebmasterRadio.fm.
3: All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Press This community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpole. I'm interviewing Shane Perlman of Modern Tribe. Before the break, Shane was sharing about his origins of Tribe and how he was Co- collaborating with other freelancers and coming together to handle projects that were bigger than yourself. Um, Chain, you also touched on how you were leveraging customer logos to get bigger projects that are kind of outside your punching weight. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's really interesting to hear both of those approaches. Um, I, I really love the punching above your your weight, um, kind of cutting your teeth on smaller projects, but still stretching yourself. And I think a lot of WordPress developers will stay focused on their comfort area and not do that stretch. And I think it's also interesting that you partnered with others because that gave you the capability to stretch, right? It wasn't that you were just saying, sure, I'll figure it out. Um, you were actually kind of partnering with others I'm guessing learning as you went Um, and it's really kind of interesting to hear you know how that kind of brought the business together and I kind of bring us back to the uh, the the main topic around you know growing your business to 100 people and beyond, I'm really curious. So you, so you have this group of uh, of people, and you guys started the business, and then you started to need to hire more people. Um, so how did you deal with that recruiting? I mean, this is the biggest problem I think people have with technical teams. Um, how did you find WordPress experts, or did you train them? Like, where did you where did you get these people from as you started to grow your team? Maybe don't share yeah. all your secrets. Um, and, and our
0: resources, yeah, but, yeah. I wanna, I'll, I'll share. Yeah. And, and I'll be really transparent that it's a real challenge right now. If you had to ask me as, like, right now as CEO at our current size, what is perhaps our biggest challenge? I will tell you that our biggest challenge right now is finding experienced front-end React JavaScript developers with the right balance of experience and price point. Because what we're noticing is a huge gap between all the people who understand that that's where WordPress has chosen to go and are building that skill set, and that tiny subgroup of people who happen to already have it have realized there's a gap and are charging a premium. And our problem is we need to be in between those. Um, so it's it's a challenge. Uh, as far as how we did it historically, we definitely grew our own a lot. So I just I, you know, we spent a lot of time looking for people who had a mixture of the right culture fit for us that's happy, helpful, curious, and accountable. Um, and the capacity, technical talent to grow, who showed us. But also a lot of it was outlooking. So events for us have played a really big role.
3: Um so So what do you mean by events? Like have, which events?
0: Sure. So we we've gone to a lot of events. So in some cases, obviously WordCamps, um, and uh, as, as they've evolved and come to be more specialty events, you know things like LoopConf uh, and other sort of WordPress, but also outside looking at more developer events, we have found some really great people at events like Google I.O. Uh, in fact, Peter and I <laughs> had a good photo that I'd love to share it with you. Um, spent one year parked at the top to enter into that part of the conference center that is everybody had to go up this one escalator and so um we had a cardboard sign i I called this hobo recruiting Uh, (laughs) and i sat at the top of that escalator with a cardboard sign that just wrote looking for freelance work question mark and people would just see that and be like huh and it'd start conversations and we had people who thought we were looking for customers. They'd be like, are you looking for work? Cause I'm a company. Oh, really? And we had People are <laughs> like, oh, Hey, goodness. are you subcontracting? And so it was like, it was a twofer man. I got sales and I got recruiting out of the same hobo sign. Um,
3: that is really, got, you know, I love that.
0: You got creative. Yeah, for sure. And, and a lot of word distributed. So I'm not regionally based. I'm not worried about, You know, how can I find the best developer in Minneapolis, which is a much tougher job than how can I find a developer who's willing to overlap by four hours with everybody else on my team who speaks fluent English.
3: So you mentioned that you kind of, in a sense, grew your own or trained them. Did you leverage any training curriculums or have you thought about that? Things like know the code or were you doing this all yourself and your internal staff? Yeah, most of it was ourselves. Um,
0: And that's not saying we haven't sort of paid for and acquired content from reasonable, you know, training places we have, but, but that hasn't been like a defined process by are like, well, we're going to pick you up. We're going to put you through this formal, but we, we have an internal program that it's this relatively young stall. We internally, we call tribe U, And it is basically three to four weeks worth of videos and documentation and projects we've created for ourselves. To get somebody up to speed for the type of enterprise level projects that we're doing.
3: So you're have Tribu, you have know, got I guess hands on help and then you just said to do the mm-hmm. kinds of projects we do in the enterprise so how do you preserve that quality how do you get someone through Tribu and have them get on a project and know they're not going to mess up the relationship know they're not going to mess up the project for the customer like how do what have you done or what do you do to preserve that quality when you're introducing these new assets into your projects and by assets I mean people yeah yeah totally
0: Um, a lot of it has to do with built-in systems for mentorship and oversight. Um, So every team we have, you know, sometimes people get promoted, sometimes people move on to the next wonderful path and and part of their lives. And so uh, as we shape and define teams, it's really important to have what I, I happen to call anchors. Anchors are people who understand how the projects work, how we work, what we consider quality, who, who have the past experience and narrative to be able to like, wait, 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 don't do that. We tried that, it didn't work. Um, and, and some of these people are in a lead or management role and that's part of their responsibilities. They'll, they'll journey through different projects and provide that degree of support. Um, Daniel, our director of engineering, that's, that's a big part of his responsibilities is both defining patterns, but, but actually being available for support and code reviews
3: so you call them anchors, and you said some of them are leaders. So talk to me about how, like, what, what is an anchor like if they're, they're not in a management role? Um, you know, the, the, these concepts are very interesting to me because leadership extends beyond management. It sounds like in, in your world that, that kind of means anchor, but how do you think about that?
0: I'm trying to think of the right answer that isn't just words.
3: Well, it is a podcast, so it must be words. I know. It, well,
0: it will be words, but, you know, like, I could blather. The, the truth is we're just trying to figure that out. Um, like, like we used to have a definition for leads, and then we we actually just recently were like, you know, we're confusing a mixture of responsibility, experience, and and like functional contribution, and we should probably tease that stuff out better. So so to to totally answer you, I think we're just trying to refigure that out for us right now as we've hit a new degree of scale. We're a lot more people than we were two three years ago, and as such. Um, the, the flat nature and freeform conversations we used to have are harder to control. Um, okay, so, so these makes, anchors sit within your
3: organization, know. and they are—they're—they um, know where the bones are buried, and the mistakes you made, the opportunities yeah. you saw in the past, and they're fulfilling this role. And then this is one way you're kind of preserving quality as as new people yep. come into the organization and start supporting customers. So that's the—that's the how, right? We we do it this way. We do it in this level of quality. Sure. Um, we've made these mistakes how do you preserve the culture i mean you guys are a distributed team um how do you guys deal with that
0: yeah uh obsessively is probably the best answer and it's it's perhaps my biggest fear like every time we've you know i read a book by uh tony shay the guy you know now behind zappos yeah yeah it was one of the books where yeah it was a book where he talked about his company before Zappos and he woke up one day and he was at 99 staff and he realized he hated his company. He didn't like the people there. <laughs> he didn't like what they'd become. And like, and that was, that's just a really real fear for me. Is like I, a lot of the reason, you know, Peter and Reed and I built this company and our, our partners in it is because I want it to be a vehicle for the life that I want. I'm, I'm, approaching, I'm 17, 18 years in, I plan to spend the rest of my life here. And so making sure that it's the right collection of people and vision and things that we care about um, matters a lot. So how do we do it? Well, there's a bunch of things. One, uh, we have, uh, we're we're all distributed. Everybody works from different places. Um, We have a grand meetup. So once a year, like we just got back from Belize two weeks ago, uh, everybody gets there in one place and we spend a week together. And that week is, is really focused on alignment, on building trust and unity and making sure that, making sure that you see the humanity in the people that you work with. Because when you're distributed and you're under pressure and things are working or not working, or even your family life is challenging, something that's, that's creating tension, it's really easy to, to react instinctively rather than remembering that the person you work with has the best intentions in mind. And so we found that getting together in person and having fun together and, and maybe learning, but really more building moments of kinship drives culture.
3: Yeah, I think okay. that's so important, you know, at WP Engine we twice a year have an all hands meeting and we do one in Europe and one in the US and you know you have conversations mm-hmm. you wouldn't have otherwise and you get to know people you wouldn't know otherwise and you know I think for us um, to kind of mirror your statements there it's it's really a driver of our culture um, not just not just you know just one of the pieces. And so uh, it's interesting yep. to hear you also take that approach. Well Shane, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and I want to ask you some more about this because I think this is really interesting. Um, But hang tight, everybody, and we'll be right back.
1: Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment.
4: St. Jude continues to advance by increasing cure rates in childhood cancer. And donors are important to us because you get the feeling that you have a team behind you. When it comes to research and advancements, there are some things that only we can do because we have the resources and we have the focus. And so if St. Jude doesn't do it,
1: who will? St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. Do
4: you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of
0: Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be and they can make top ranking a reality.
1: Let's press forward with more Press This only on webmasterradio.fm.
3: All right, everybody, welcome back to the Press, this WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. Right before the break, Shane was talking about preserving culture in a large distributed team, and Shane, you were sharing about your kind of grand meetup where everybody gets together, and you know how that for for you is a way to get um, connect with people um, and kind of identify their humanity, get to know them in a way that you think carries forward and kind of supports the the culture of the company. Now, Shane, when you and I first met that first weekend. And uh, I guess what it was six months ago or so, or maybe it was longer than that. Now Mm -hmm. uh, we went surfing um, and that was kind of how we bonded, you know, um, through my role at WP engine or whatever. And you guys surf all the time though. So uh, I know you and, uh, uh, oh my goodness, I'm blanking on his name right now. I know you guys, uh, uh, Peter, right. Has uh, surfed quite a bit. I Mm -hmm. think Peter might've moved even now, but tell me about the role surfing has and what does that time mean to your business? Um, Why do you guys do stuff like that?
0: Sure. I, we have a mantra that, that's been around a long, long time at Tribe. And it's, it's the reason we have our business. Uh, and it's live well and do good work. And, and acknowledging that every single person has a different definition of live well. For us, for a long time, my passion for surfing has used as a metaphor to establish that but you know we have people all over the world who don't live on water heck like you do although it's very weird that you have a surf wave in the middle of Texas
3: yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't clarify that part of our surfing story was an artificial <laughs> wave in the middle of Texas it was actually a, a ton of fun but uh, sorry to interrupt Shane
0: no that's fine it was really cool it was a, like an adventure I remember um, but for, for people it's this ability and it's why freelance it's why we shaped our business that I really believe the purpose of a business is to be a vehicle for the life that you want and not necessarily just for the ownership. I mean, obviously like as, as owners, we, you know, most people assume, well, obviously you have control, but for us as a business, a lot of it has been able to shape our business so that it's flexible in such a way that people can shape it to fit their needs and that they can do great work that they're proud of. Um, so a lot of that comes down. Sometimes it's aspirational. Like some people are like, well, Does that mean you guys don't work hard? I'm like, nope, sometimes we're totally out of balance. Like, that happens. Um, And it's something that we work on trying to find what is the right balance for each person. Um, But when it comes down to culture, acknowledging and talking about that stuff a lot comes and plays a huge role. For me, it's time flexibility. Uh, A lot of people don't know much about surfing. And the fact is where I live in my town, the best surf is at low tide. And the tide shifts about 45 minutes every day. So being able to structure and schedule my business so that I could be out around low tide when that's available so I could go surf was one of the driving reasons that I established it. For everybody else, there's different reasons and different mechanisms why flex time and the ability to schedule your workday around, whether that's your kids or your fitness or your fun is what really matters.
3: Yeah, I, I, I love that thought. You know, so many people talk about lifestyle businesses, you know, I need a four hour work week or, you know, I need to be a technomad or whatever it is. And, right. you know, and I think, you know, that, that theme is common. I think what was uncommon for me, though, about what you just said was you, the way you extend that to your, cust- your employees, the people that you work with, and that. you you kind of, I guess, kind of reading between the lines there is that your your management style is around, well, how can we structure the way they do their job to also be supportive of what's important to them and and what they need to do in their life? In other words, not just a lifestyle business Mm -hmm. for the owner, but a lifestyle business for the team.
0: Yep, absolutely. I, I always know we're doing it right when... And, you know, when on an average basis, I don't think a quarter goes by where we get a discreet thing from one of our customers who's like, hey, any chance I could work for you guys? <laughs> and then, I know we're doing good.
2: Yeah. And the answer
0: are like, no, that's probably a conflict of interest, but I really am flattered by their request. And, you know, maybe someday in the future we'll keep
3: in touch, yeah, it's funny. I was about to make that same joke and ask you guys if you're hiring, uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's such a compelling piece, <laughs> and I'm not looking for a job. But uh, it was such a compelling piece. But um, you know, I think it's 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 so important, um, you know, that people and and really owners and managers see the value in that. See the value of what's important to their employees and the people that they're there to support. And, you know, a lot of people think about culture as, oh, our culture is we work hard and we play hard. And, you know, that doesn't always right. equate to what's important to the individual, right? If you have kids, maybe you don't right. play hard. Um, um, and so, you know, finding that balance for the individual, I think, is important. Um, is something that's been beneficial in our business, you know, scaling up to, to our size and, you know, having started with mm-hmm. one person and then going from there. Um, it's also interesting to kind of hear that mirrored in the way you guys think about that um, with your business.
0: Yeah. One of the biggest transformations for us since between 2014 and now is this move to having full-time folks. So, you know, when you ask about like, how did we scale, where did we find people and what are those culture changes? Um, up until, you know, between 2003, I think when I started subcontracting, not just being just me to about 2014, we were a freelance, you know, collaboration. And, and the nature of that was that about every three to four years, the whole team would turn over. People would grow, they'd shake out, they'd burn out, you know, whatever set of reasons. And, and in 2014, we had this group of like, we were, we were about 20 was our size and we'd been stable there for a long time. And we had this group of about five, six people where we just didn't want them to turn over. Like we're like, you guys, you folks are amazing. What do I got to do to get another five years? And the answer we got was the same from all of them. They're like, dude, I need to see like a path for a career. I'm thinking about kids. Uh, I want to buy a home. I need to see a path that increases stability. I need to see, you know, vertical opportunities so I can make more pay and have more influence and solve bigger problems. And when we sat down with all of them, we're like, so basically another five year means we sort of need to hitch the knob a little bit. Like we need to up the commitment level on our side in order for you to up the commitment level on your side. And so we sat down as an order and we're like, okay, well, in order to make enough room for these people to be more senior than they are today, we need to have more projects and more teams. And in order to have more projects and more teams that exceeds the amount we could manage ourselves, because that's why we were capped at 20 people. We were capped at 20 people because each of us could handle about six, Maybe seven people each, management wise, before we deteriorated in happiness. And so we were capped at 20. So, in order to get past 20 and make more room for them to be leaders and them to have more project opportunities, we now needed to have a leadership layer of our own, get ourselves out of projects. And so Reed sat down in 2014, basically designed an organization that had a directorship layer, you know, that had a director of project management and of engineering. The thing that you wanted to do for
3: your staff was basically to give them that vertical opportunity, so they could accomplish the things that they wanted in their life. I think Shane, that's awesome stuff, and I wish we had more time, but we're out. Uh, We're out. out. Thank you again for uh, for joining the show. Really insightful stuff. I I think if anybody's listening and is looking for a job, they're probably thinking of you right now. Um, But thanks again for joining the show, Shane. Yeah, and uh, Awesome. So if you'd like to learn more about what Shane is up to, you can check it out at tribe, T-R-I dot B-E. Uh, Just a reminder, the next week's episode is our Word Around the Campfire series featuring news from around the WordPress community, and then we'll be doing a special episode in March where we'll be recorded live in front of a studio audience during South by Southwest. Really exciting episode, so hang on for that one. And thanks, everyone, for listening to the Press This WordPress Community Podcast on Webmaster Radio. I'm your host, David Vogelpohl, and I support the WordPress community, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This.
4: The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of Webmaster Radio.fm's management or sponsors.